0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Wednesday, October 12th. The real Columbus Day. Wednesday, October 12th. 2022. It's a little after 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Our guest of course needs no introduction to the audience. He is one of our uh, mainstays and go-to guests on matters military, uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor. Colonel, uh, to pleasure. Welcome back to uh, Judging Freedom. I'm going to start the way I usually start with you, sir. Can Russia lose this war?
1: No. Not a
0: chance. Not a chance. Since we spoke last, uh, the Ukrainians have disabled a portion of, they haven't destroyed, uh, the major uh, uh, bridge into and out of uh, Crimea. President uh, Putin has apparently, since he doesn't announce these things, responded uh, by attacking uh, non-military targets. The Ukrainians continue to insist that they are pushing the Russians back. How do you see this going in light of the events that have occurred since last we spoke, and you may take issue with my summary of them. My summary is based on what I gleaned from your writings from our colleague Scott Ritter and our former friends in the mainstream media.
1: That's right.
0: Uh, First of all, uh, just
1: to go very quickly to the bridge, that was a truck bomb, and uh, the evidence is mounting that the SAS had a hand in it. It was a very elaborate... the british special operations forces Mm. that's what's coming out in open source which doesn't surprise me the sas by the way is far more audacious than our own and uh, they seem to have uh, had a hand in building this truck bomb moving it around through armenia and into russia and then driving it up to the bridge having said that the damage is really quite minimal and it did not interrupt the rail traffic, which is really what's critical, because uh, Russian logistics depend heavily on railroads. They cross the vast distances in that country with ease and move most of the equipment and people. And the the spans themselves, there are still two lanes uh, carrying truck and automobile traffic. So I, I just uh, I, I think we really grossly, as usual, exaggerated the impact of that. Now, as far did,
0: did the did the British uh, special forces miss their mark? I mean, did they really think that this bomb would would slice the bridge in two and prevent all traffic from going across it? Who knows?
1: I mean, how much of that uh, they they did, and how much the Ukrainians uh, that were working with them did? Who knows? I just thought it was interesting that in British sources, open sources, as elsewhere, people are mentioning the SAS, and I, I'm not surprised because they are. They are actually very effective, uh, and I've seen them in action. Uh, 20 years ago and 30 years ago, they're very good.
0: Uh, now, Might they, do they do underwater work? Might they have attacked the Nord Stream pipeline? Uh,
1: I have no idea. That's a that's a question I can't answer. I simply don't know. Uh, so again, you know, if I had the facts, I would say something. I don't have all the facts on the bridge, but I know what didn't
0: happen, and I know what's coming out through open source uh, material. Is there any more uh, intel or any more analysis from you uh, about the Nord Stream uh, attack? Which, which of course, now is nowhere near the front pages. Once they hit that bridge, people forgot about Nord Stream. Has it been repaired? Is gas going through it? Uh, has anybody claimed responsibility? Is there any evidence as to who might have done it?
1: Uh,
0: I haven't. I haven't anything more to add, other
1: than to say that apparently one pipeline in the conglomerate of these. The conglomeration of pipelines that constitute Nord Stream 2 apparently is still full of natural gas, uh, hasn't been damaged. And the Germans, and I think with the Danes and the Swedes are investigating, but German spokesmen and the government have already said it looks as though they can repair it, Judge. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure the Germans will do everything in their power to repair the damage if it's repairable.
0: So no, I we'll uh,
1: just add to that.
0: I'm of the view that um, President Putin's saber rattling of nuclear weapons and President Biden's what I think are reckless responses uh, are not serious and are just aimed uh, for the television audience. I can't imagine Putin using any form of a nuclear weapon or chemical weapon. Can you? No. No.
1: It's, it's off the table, and there is no evidence whatsoever that the Russians are moving any nuclear warheads or preparing to use a, a nuclear weapon of any kind. So that's...
0: What, under kind of a, what kind of a nuclear weapon would they use? Give us a little bit of an education. We're not talking about Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But this well, must be I, some sort of a low-yield, if, if such a thing exists defined weapon that that hits a specific target no
1: i would tell you that unless they are attacked with a nuclear weapon themselves they will not employ one and that's been made clear repeatedly what putin said before the intervention in ukraine this is actually in 2021 in response to statements by zelensky who was talking then about acquiring nuclear weapons is that he warned Zelensky that if they acquired those weapons, that Russia would treat that as an imminent threat, an existential threat to Russia. Uh, And subsequently, uh, he made it clear on more than one occasion that if they are attacked by a nuclear weapon, that they will respond, they will retaliate. Now, he and others who work with him have always said that our discussions, which are widespread in the United States right now, about the potential use of low-yield nuclear weapons, that is five kilotons or less, is insanity. Uh, They stick really closely to the notion of mutual assured destruction. And when we talk about limited nuclear strikes, limited nuclear war, which is what you're getting at, they see that as very dangerous because, again, their inclination is to regard the use of any nuclear weapon by us as an existential threat, precipitating a first strike from the Soviet or the Russian arsenal. Remember, they've got some 630 warheads, 6,300 warheads,
0: about 500 more than we've got. All right. So so what is a nuclear weapon today? Is it is it the Fat Boy, which was the nickname for what they dropped on Hiroshima? Is it a bomb that comes out of a B-52? Is it a missile? Does it aim at the Empire State Building? Mm-hmm.
1: The what, missiles, what is it? The, the pre- predominant means of delivery today is a missile. Now we do have the capacity and so do the Russians to try and fly a bomber and deliver ordnance. Probability of that happening now is very low. Bombers are likely, if if anybody thinks that they're carrying a nuclear weapon, they're going to be shot down. Bombers are not invincible, invisible, invulnerable. It's a lot of nonsense. Stealth is an illusion. Forget it. It can sometimes delay detection, but it cannot avoid detection. So the missile is the way it would be delivered, either from submarine or from land-based systems,
0: predominantly mobile systems in the Russian case. Ian, what does low yield mean in terms of people in the streets? Do they die, or or does the nuclear stuff go go away after a day, or will it have the... Type of long-term effect that Hiroshima and Nagasaki had on the on the poor souls that were victims. Right.
1: By it. Any any nuclear weapon always results in blast, heat, and radiation. Now, a low-yield nuclear weapon, if it were delivered against a Capitol building, would annihilate everything in the immediate capital area. You know, for those of you that know Washington D.C., from the rail yards over to the Navy Yard, as an example, absolutely without question would be destroyed. Will there be fallout? Absolutely. There is always radiation. Much depends on the altitude at which the nuclear weapon is detonated. Now, I don't see that happening. I I happen to agree with you. I don't see any evidence that the people at the top of this administration are dangerous or insane in that sense. I think they understand the consequences. I wish they'd shut up and stop talking about it. Uh, Putin clearly understands the consequences and is not going to go
0: there. All right. Have the uh, 300,000 reservists that Putin called up gone through their training and are they at the at the front lines or have has the battlefield in quotes not yet felt the effect of the people that uh, the manpower that he called up a couple of weeks or about a month ago now.
1: No, the battlefield is not feeling the impact of those reservists yet. The reservists and I can't tell you what percentage is now joining units and what percentage may still be in training. But the uh, mobilization has gone very smoothly, contrary to the reports here in the West. We keep talking about hundreds of thousands of people running away. Uh, I don't see any evidence for that. Some yes, lots no. And in fact, the mobilization has had a very interesting impact on the Russian population. I read a, a report quite recently from Germany by a journalist who talked about listening to Russians discuss it the population openly on television and in the streets and they say you know Putin made a terrible mistake with his incrementalism he should have struck decisively right away and this war has now moved from being a limited operation involving exclusively professional troops to a people's war. we need to finish this thing uh, we need to get it over with and it we need to strike decisively so this is not weakening Russia. It hasn't destroyed cohesion. It's building unity and it's building support for the war that, that uh, Putin says is necessary.
0: So I think that's important. So this this is now the, the description you just gave us. Let's use the right force and get it over with. This is now the consensus of uh, the Russian public. It is not Putin's a monster or Putin's incompetent, it's Putin is correcting his original mistake and we're supporting him. Is that a fair summary? I think that's a fair summary.
1: You know, the other thing, too, to keep in mind is that these reservists are, are going into groups of Russian forces that are collecting in the south and on the borders in the western part of Russia and in Belarus. And these forces are going to be quite large by the time they are amassed. But they will not be used in mass in a concentrated fashion, I would say, until November. What you're seeing happen right now after all of these massive counterattacks launched by the Ukrainians that achieved, frankly, nothing strategically at all, they've taken such horrendous losses that now local Russian forces uh, are taking back the terrain that was lost. This is happening down near Liman, uh, it's happening uh, in the direction of Bakhmut. It's happening in Kherson. The very few kilometers that they managed to scrape scrape out are being lost. I think what we're watching are modest attacks by the Russians to straighten lines and set the conditions for the really large offensive that will break in November.
0: Is there a... Ground freezes. Remember, that's a precondition. Is there a military uh, purpose to the recent attacks heavy attacks on the civilian and populated areas by the Russians. Yes. This was not,
1: uh, by the way, they say, well, we didn't attack attack non-military targets. Wait a minute. If it's vital infrastructure that provides power to the railroads, power to the population to heat itself, uh, if it's uh, destroying transportation infrastructure that moves food and supplies, Those things are militarily important targets. So, this propaganda is well, now Putin's attacking the people. Shut up. He never has.
0: This is serious.
1: And let me make another
0: suggestion. Might might the um, attacks on populated areas be a military uh, goal of getting the Ukrainians to move their anti aircraft uh, defenses away from the front lines? and back to the populated areas, thereby giving more support to the Russian troops on the ground.
1: There were three salvos of missiles launched, 202 missiles. The Ukrainians claim to have shot down 27% of those missiles with their air defenses. We have no way of knowing, can't validate it, It may be true. But we do know that the Russian attacks destroyed 80% of Ukrainian air defenses Wow. That's a very large number. And that's why Zelensky was on the phone almost immediately with Biden pleading for more air defense systems. Secondly, those missiles struck the infrastructure I just mentioned, and they also destroyed key targets where there were intelligence analysts, including the secret police headquarters in Kiev. These things were, were targeted so that the Ukrainians would know two things. Number one, we can do what the Americans can do. We have the precision-guided munitions. We have the technology and the capability. Number two, you cannot hide from us. When we finally attack, we will strike, just as we did now, only in far greater ferocity, far more targets throughout the depth of the country. These are the things that he refused to do back in February, would not even contemplate it. That's all So,
0: now. so what do you suspect are the conversations in the State Department and the Defense Department of the U.S. and um, at the um, National Security Council uh, in the West Wing. Are they reconsidering whether it was wise ever to support Ukraine? Are they suggesting more support? Uh,
1: thus far, every time uh, there was reason to re-examine the wisdom of what we were doing, we doubled down on the dumb idea. And so I don't expect that to change. But what I do see a lot of evidence for now is fear. There is a lot of fear in in Washington right now. This is a sea change, if you will, a dramatic shift on the Russian side. This is something they didn't expect. They thought that somehow or another we could bully and intimidate Putin and, and the Russian people. It's impossible. The opposite has happened. And now the Ukrainians are running out of manpower. This business of They have limitless manpower. Well, if you take someone who's a grandfather, someone who's 16, you hand them a weapon, put them in a uniform and say, go to the front, I guess that's limitless manpower. But that's a hell of a way to fight a war. And and that's what's happening today in Ukraine.
0: Who does uh, winter help and who does winter
1: hurt? The Russians have all the fuel they need. They have all the heat that they could wish for. Their infrastructure is largely intact. Uh, They have uh, logistical infrastructure for their forces, thanks to the rail system that has not been disrupted and cannot be disrupted by the Ukrainians. So I would say the Ukrainians are in a lot of trouble. They could end up freezing and starving just as much as many Europeans in the West are this winter.
0: How much longer can this conflagration go on before the uh, Russian people lose support for Putin? or stated differently, how much longer can he tolerate a non-decisive, the absence of a decisive victory?
1: Well, first of all, I don't see any evidence of anyone in Russia preparing a coup to remove Putin, period. Could that change? Well, I suppose anything's possible. But uh, I think uh, President Biden's departure in the future is far more likely than President Putin's departure, (laughs) under any circumstances. And uh, I think that what he's preparing to do, what what I think the general staff has finally persuaded him that they need to do once it occurs, I don't think it's going to leave us with very many options. So I think at that point, if we want anyone in Ukraine, what's left of it to survive, we will have to intervene and urge
0: talks. My um, friend from CNN, uh, Jake Tapper, interviewed the president uh, last night. It was a very interesting interview jake uh, asks great questions some of the answers seemed to me to be rehearsed but one of them startled me a little bit when uh, jake asked him you know you uh you made these comments threatening president putin not to get too aggressive and not to new not to use or to threaten to use uh nuclear weapons have you instructed the department of defense prepare for this? And his answer was, I didn't have to tell them. They knew what to do. What are they doing? What are they preparing for? Uh,
1: I can't imagine it because uh, I listened to someone talk to me about New Jersey and New York where some sort of medication was being provided that would have some anti-radiation benefits, which I thought was ridiculous. Uh, I it, Maybe the pill will keep you alive two or three days longer, but the bottom line is, if we were in, engaged in a nuclear confrontation, we have no means of stopping the warheads coming in on an intercontinental level. It's impossible. Again, that's why I regard this as nonsense. Now, what is the Defense Department doing? Uh, they seem to be much more focused on wokeism, CRT, and purging mm-hmm. the ranks of anybody who raises objections to it than anything else. I don't see any dramatic improvement in readiness, training, cohesion. Or anything else, so I don't. I don't know what the president's talking about.
0: Are we continuing to deplete our own uh, military stockpiles to the point where we don't have surplus anymore? And what we're sending to Ukraine, we're sending from our needs, not from our excess.
1: I think we're already there. Uh, frankly, the the few people I talk to that are involved in this have said, you know, we we haven't got much more to send without putting our own war fighting capability at risk. Uh, so I think that's, that's already happened, just as uh, depleting our strategic oil reserve is a serious mistake as well. Now, I don't think we have much further to go. Uh, Europe obviously has nowhere to go at this point. They're in very serious trouble over there. No one ever broadcasts these mass demonstrations that are occurring across Western Europe. And uh, you, you would think that uh, Mrs. Maloney, who was just elected in Italy, is the return of Mussolini now, uh, which is absurd. And so the, the people in charge, the woke globalists, internationalists, and neocons, all seem to be bent on destroying anyone and anyone who raises objections to their policies. And I don't see any
0: end to that until these people are gone here in the United States. I don't know how we I do know that. I know that intel is not your uh, personal experience, but you certainly understand the way it works. Do you think that American intel, the high-level People who meet with the president, not the grunts on the ground who are gathering facts. The high-level people are still misleading him and telling him what he wants to hear. Is anybody telling Joe Biden what you just told our audience fortunate enough to have and to hear you? Uh, he has someone
1: in his cabinet who could tell him the truth anytime he cares to, cares to hear it, and that's William Burns who is the CIA director, very capable man. Uh, so that your question really needs to be directed to him. As far as uh, others are concerned, uh, I've, I'm not sure that president Biden is not simply repeating, reading, stating whatever the people around him want him to do. Uh, I've never been convinced that this is the original Joe Biden. I don't think it is uh, because Joe Biden in the past was a radically different personality from the one we're dealing with now.
0: Well, I, I think I've told you this and I've mentioned it uh, on air a couple of times that my first uh, assignment on a law school faculty was Delaware Law School. This is back in the early uh, Reagan years. And I was a full time professor and there was an adjunct on the faculty that everybody in the faculty thought didn't belong on a law school faculty but i got along with this guy and students liked him because he had a very nice personality it was joe biden sure. uh and he and i have been friends since you are right now i haven't been with him since he's been vice president i was with him once during his vice presidency on a train where he offered a seat next to me he made the secret service guy get up so he remembers his friends from the old days but it is clear just from watching him last night with Jake Tapper, this is not the same person that I had lunch with or that I talked about in the hall, talked with in the hallways of a law school or sat next to uh, on the Acela uh, during that south part of the trip from New York down to Washington. He would always get on at, uh, at Wilmington. So somebody is either telling him what to say. We know we've known that and somebody is making these decisions. Is Lloyd Austin making these decisions?
1: I I doubt seriously that he's making any decisions. Uh, I don't know what he's doing other than prosecuting a war against white supremacy and anybody else that uh, questions the administration. You know, I I think President Biden uh, willingly, probably unwillingly, I have no idea, is part of what increasingly looks like a very complex and effective psychological operation that's being launched largely out of the United States and Great Britain to persuade people of several things. First of all, Ukraine is winning. Go back to 25 February, the day after the war began, Ukrainians are winning. Ukrainians are winning. Go Mm to mid-March, Ukrainians are winning. Ukrainians are winning. Mid-April, Ukrainians are winning. Russians are losing. I mean, how many times you have to hear this stuff before you finally say, well, if they're winning, why isn't it over? Why is yeah. this thing continuing? Well, well,
0: we must be hearing it because my friends in the media are getting this information from intel sources who want it out there, irrespective of whether it's the truth. Of course. Of course. But we've been through this before.
1: What right. happened when we went into Iraq in 2003? In oh. The WMD myth, right. you know, which was perpetrated from the highest levels and reinforced by Everyone in the media, there was nobody that stood up and said, look, you want to go get rid of Saddam Hussein? That probably, you know, there you can make a case for that provided you focus on that and leave after it's over. Nobody went down that road. The whole idea was how do we get in there and how do we, how do we stay as long as possible? Terrible questions, but that that's what happened. So I don't think this is all that unique and we've tried to do to Putin, what we did to Saddam Hussein and Qaddafi and, uh, Assad, and everybody else that doesn't go along with us.
0: How much longer does this go on, Colonel? Will we still be talking about this in the spring?
1: I hope not. Uh, I think that militarily it could end in November, December timeframe, judging from what I see building up uh, for action in Ukraine. But again, that's not going to happen for another three, four weeks, certainly not until the ground is solid. And then I think we will see the gloves completely off and uh, the Russians will put an end to this war. Now, what happens at that point when it becomes abundantly clear that it's over? Uh, what are we going to do? Are we going to try and replace whomever is dead with someone else uh, and make them do something? I, I have no idea. I think our own conditions here in the United States are worsening. Again, you know, how, do you, how do you make this economy well? We're headed to 4% on the 10-year treasuries. At the same time, the Chinese and the Japanese are dumping US treasuries. How do you right. how do you peddle your US treasuries? How many right. can the Fed buy? We haven't even talked about inflation per se. Right. I mean, how do you keep the whole economy from seizing up? I, I don't know. And then we haven't talked about the massive influx of the illegals and the breakdown in the rule of law across our major cities. So we're supposed to ignore all of these things that I just mentioned, in favor of prosecuting this endless war
0: to remove Putin, which is not going to happen. Well, you gen- a Colonel, I almost called you General. A colonel, I mean, that's why we fight wars, to get the public's mind off of domestic ills. War is the health of the state. People pay more taxes. They, might, they, they step in line. They support their troops. It doesn't always happen. Didn't happen with uh, Vietnam. It certainly has happened at other times. George W. probably had an 80% approval rating when he lied us into uh, the war in Afghanistan. It certainly takes the people's minds uh, off the domestic woes. I, I wonder, and Colonel, I fear that that's what uh, Joe Biden has in mind. He was so bellicose in the past two or three interviews, not only this one with Jake Tapper, but but recent uh, snippets of of what he said. Uh, that again, this is not the Joe Biden that you knew, that I knew, uh, and uh, I, I think that that's where we're going. And he no one very knows. well, we may very well have started well, World yeah. War III without even knowing it. I mean, well, suppose yeah. one of those uh, missiles uh, that uh, Putin sends to destroy uh, the secret police headquarters or a railroad line kills American special forces. Well, the the truth is that uh, I think Americans have already died
1: there in some Mm. of the strikes, and that goes back several months to a strike that went in near Lvov, uh, up near the Polish border, and killed unidentified UK-US trainers, support contractors, and so forth. Uh, I think that's already happened, and we don't normally mention that because to do so could entail serious problems here at home. Thus far, we've had a very quiescent, compliant Congress willing to fund and go along with anything the administration has wanted. I think the support is beginning to erode there as well. No one can tell us why we're this is vital for us to perform this task. We're told, Correct. well, again, Putin is going to conquer Eastern Europe. But on the other hand, Judge, Putin, his army is terrible. It's incompetent and can't get anything right.
0: Right, uh, Right, they're they're making both ends of that argument.
1: Yeah, uh, where where do we come out on this whole thing? And uh, first of all, no, the the Russian armed forces are not large enough and strong enough to attack NATO, and nobody in Russia wants to do that. So I agree with that. But the other two arguments are just ridiculous. The truth is somewhere in the middle, and it certainly has nothing to do with attacking uh, Eastern Europe. The danger, in addition to what you just meant, is we don't know what's going to happen in Poland. And the Poles continue to be very, very bellicose – and one wonders if they could not inadvertently cross borders, either into Russia or into Ukraine itself, and what would that do? But at the same time, NATO is crumbling. Everybody says, well, we're stronger than ever. Let's have another uh, another grip and grim picture with all the NATO leaders. But the NATO alliance is in tatters. People, are, the, the populations want nothing to do with this. The, right. Latin, the Lithuanians, the Estonians, they're all looking and say, wait a minute, we don't want our country... To look like Ukraine does the morning after the 202 missile struck, they're not.
0: Well, you, you, you mentioned Mrs. Maloney. I mean, she wasn't elected just because of domestic issues. So that's a mainstay in NATO, basically saying we're not going to have anything uh, to do with this. Absolutely. And I think you've said earlier that uh, Germany and France are going to go in that direction as well. We're
1: going to see serious unrest in France and Germany in the near future until the current governments are gone there will be a turnover there how this is affected i don't know but i i think it's going to happen we're going to watch trust uh struggle to survive that's wow. a catastrophe so right. who, who are we kidding yeah. this this is what you want to take to war have we lost our minds yes we've lost our minds and we are not prepared to fight so it, it's this, the truth is coming out albeit very slowly remember how long were we in Vietnam before people finally woke up and said, "Put an end to this"? Well, really, to the American people's credit, about what three and three and a half years, we elected Nixon. So we're we're not doing all that badly at this point, given the fact that none of us are seeing our sons, uh, our our fathers, our husbands, daughters, whatever killed over there. At least not in great numbers. Not
0: not, not yet. Not yet. I hope I'm wrong. Colonel, always a pleasure. Great conversation. Thank you for your time. I know the audience, which watches you in huge numbers, greatly appreciate you as well. We'll see you again soon, sir. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. God bless. And back to you and your family. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.